I'd like to tell you about the strangest secret in the world. You go inside the cage. Cage goes in the water. You go in the water. Sharks in the water. Our shark. Farewell and adieu to you fair Spanish ladies. Farewell and adieu to you ladies of Spain. received orders for to sail back to Boston. So never more shall we see you again. <laughs> You're listening to a mind revolution, leading you out of the rabbit hole, one grain of truth at a time. Across the salt sea, till we strike soundings in the channel of old England, from Hushin, from Sicily to Sicily, or Lindsay, for this land we made was a point called the... Hey there everybody, it is P.T. Pop, all four lobes of my brain securely bound behind my back. And welcome back to P.T. Papa Mind Revolution, where I lead you out of the rabbit hole, one grain of truth at a time. And here we are today. Uh, it is May. I'm sorry, not May. I went in my time machine there. It's June 2nd, and it's approximately 12.30 a.m. in the morning. And I am uh, tearing apart my studio. <clears throat> and I'm now broadcasting or I'm recording out of my dining room so if you hear an echo there is no soundproofing so be warning be warned there is no soundproofing for your gentle little ears and uh, it's getting to be it's getting to be goddamn ridiculous it is john john mr wayne you're right it's getting to be goddamn ridiculous it's getting to be kind of crazy and um, I have spent the better part of this year and the latter part of 2020 making a documentary. <clears throat> it's all about artists. It's called The Artist, a documentary. And, um, you know, it. I've been an artist for most of my life. Um, as a musician, a painter, a photographer, now a writer and a director. And I can tell you that I spent six 10-hour days editing this film the sound i did the sound editing i did the editing of the film creating marketing creating the marketing material i did some of the cinematography and it was exhausting but i loved every minute of it and now that the film's complete i'm not sure what to do with myself what the hell do i do with myself you know what i mean and um what I've decided to do is I'm starting a new podcast about artists. I don't know if I'll, I'll completely do away with the mind revolution. I've had a few people who are followers here, but that's nothing like my following on YouTube, but it's, it's, I get more downloads every time I put up, I put a, um, um, episode up, but the new podcast is going to be called the creative hearts club and myself and Rusty Harden, who appeared in my film, The Artist, a documentary, and she also was the associate producer, will be co-hosting the show with me. And we will be talking about artists, 
what it's like to be an artist, how hard it is to get established as an artist, how you become an artist. We're not going to be talking about how to paint. We're not talking about how to make a film. We're going to be talking about more of the aspects of what it's really like to be an artist. We, we may dabble into some of the prospects, some of the ideas of what is, you know, how to get started in painting or how to get started in um, photography or filmmaking, things like that. But I'm not going to go into technical aspects of it. But I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Russie's a great lady. She helped me with my film. She's an awesome, positive lady who um, thinks in a different plane than most people. And that's why I like her, because she helps me see through the fog, if you will. But check out my documentary. The documentary is The Artist of Documentary. And if you go to www.theartistadocumentary.com, you can rent or buy your purchase there and find out more about the documentary. You can also uh, purchase the video on Vimeo, and I'll leave links to both. But it's it's a great a great movie. I think you'll all like it. Check it out, theartistadocumentary.com. And in this film, I uh, follow a bunch of artists around from Dayton, Ohio. I interview them, talk to them about what it's like to be an artist, how hard it is, things like that. So check it out. You'll really like it. You'll learn a lot about being an artist. And speaking of fog, today's episode, I'm titling it Illusion. And what is illusion? And I was thinking about this. I was thinking about what is illusion. And I remember when I was thinking about this, I was remember I was at the I was the age of three. I was at I was I was age three, and I'm sitting on the floor in our living room in a big old house we lived in in 1970. It was a dark, drafty house with lots of shadows. And, you know, I'm sitting on the floor. I remember this vividly. I'm sitting on the floor in a beam of sunlight staring at my fingerprints on my fingers. Just mesmerized by the, my fingerprints. And I noticed that, that there were specks of dust floating down through with the sunbeam as it cut through the veil of cigarette smoke from my mother's lucky strike. And it was just this moment of... of I was so in the moment, you know, I was like locked in that moment, just staring at my fingertips. I had just discovered my fingerprints and I'm like looking at little, the mazes on my fingers, the maze that makes up your fingertips. And I was just transfixed with that. And then I saw the, the, the specks of dust floating through the sunbeam and the cigarette smoke. And I, I was wondering, as I thought back on this moment, I thought, are any of us ever that present in our lives? Like when you're a child? When you're discovering the world around you, everything around you is amazing and fascinating. The clouds, the trees, the streams that you walk by in the park, the blades of grass, the bugs in the air, the bees pollinating the flowers, everything is fascinating. At least it was for me. And you're always asking mom or dad, why, why, why are there bees? Why is the sky blue? Why are there clouds? And we're never, we're, we're not worried about anything down the road. We're not worried about the news or the war or crime or money. We don't know about any of that stuff. We're, we're in the moment. We're locked in that moment from about the age of day one up through about the age of five. And they shove you out the door and make you go to school. But are any of us ever present like that? Like when you're a child discovering the world around you? And I was thinking about the, the one time I know I'm really present is during sex. That is if the sex is good. 
<laughs> if it's good or amazing, each of us are so locked into that very moment of ecstasy, aren't we? We're just like honed in, like, wow. I mean, I'm no place else. I'm not thinking about washing the car or, or if, you know, the Browns are going to do good in this game. I'm not, I'm, I'm in that moment. There's nothing better than that moment when you're, when you're being intimate with someone. Especially for heterosexual men. I'm a heterosexual man. And if you're a man and you truly are focused on pleasing your female partner, I mean, the process of sexually pleasing a woman is, is like a long journey. Of course, women don't make it, you know, they don't make anything easy, including pleasing them. But if you want to please a woman, it's kind of this long, long path you go down. You know, to please a man sexually, it's easy. Most women, you could look at one of us guys cross-eyed and we'll blow our load in our pants and, and it's over. It's done. But women are more complex creatures. A kiss here, a nibble there, fingernails across the back, a bite there, tug of the hair in the back of the head, some caressing, some whispers. It takes a while, but most guys is over quick. And I was thinking about all this, and I thought, this is just a theory. This is just a theory of mine. Again, I'm not a psychologist. I have a bachelor's degree in communications from a state school here in Ohio. I don't have a sociology degree. I don't have a any type of counseling degree. But this is just a theory. But I believe that sex is the one time in any of our lives when each of us are truly present in the moment. We're not thinking of what we need to do at the grocery store or if the kids need more Fruity Loops or, again, unless sex is bad and your mind is a million miles away. But many of us as adults look to escape from reality through sex. Boys have a penis, girls have a vagina. Thanks for the tip. Which leads me to the topic of pornography. Pornography is a multi, multi-billion dollar industry. Me so horny. And, and most of us are hiding behind a wall of illusion so and we're escaping from this life the life that we were once so focused on and present on in, as a kid as we stared at our hands and tried to figure out the world around us all of a sudden many of us as adults we try to escape from that very moment that we were once in we're trying to escape from this reality Me love you long time. and we're escaping not just through sex, but through booze, pots, shopping, tattoos, drugs, anything that's addictive, that gives you the endorphin release, that gets you high, that gets you a rush, that gets you whatever chemicals are releasing your brain and your bloodstream. Uh, and I believe uh, we all want to escape back to that moment when we were truly present as kids and discovering our world where there was no pain. For most, for, Hopefully for most of you, there was no pain, there was no fear, there was no constant Gnashing of teeth, as they say in the Bible. What do they teach you to talk like this in some Panama City sailor want a hump hump bar? Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. We know that we live in a world of illusion and we want to escape it. We want to go back to that moment of discovery. That moment of being, that moment of being present. And what's happened is the corporations that now rule this world have created a, a world of illusion, a fantasy world for us all to live in. Then close your eyes, tap your heels together three times, and think to yourself, there's no place like there's no place. They've led us down the yellow brick road, 
to this place where we're all frantic and we're scared and we're crying and we're trying to figure out who we are and what we're supposed to be. And they keep trying to tell us, oh, you're supposed to be this person. You're supposed to be five foot 11, 175 pounds, driving a BMW, working at the top of a corporation. You're supposed to have a beautiful wife and 2.5 kids and a Labrador retriever and four cars in the garage. But subconsciously, each and every one of us, I don't care where you grew up, I don't care the color of your skin, I don't care where you went to school, I don't care your financial background, but subconsciously, each and every one of you, and each each and every one of us know that that's all bullshit, and we're desperately trying to be free from it. We're all trying to numb ourselves. We want to be free from the illusion that the world has created for us to live in. Free from the corporate illusion. Free from the bondage to these companies. The slavery to these companies. Billionaires would use us as free slave labor if they could, like they once did. They would use us, regardless of the color of our skin, to keep us as slaves. Well, they can't, they can't get us for free. But they've bought us out. They've bought, they've bought us out. We've sold out. They've paid us off to be their slaves. And they try to entertain us. And they try to appeal to that young, young part of us. They create the illusion. Many of these big, big, mega companies try to create this illusion by doing what? By appealing to the child within us, the child that we once embraced, the child that where we were once in, innocent and pure. And more or less, I know we're born from sin and born into sin, but but we were free of sin. We weren't making sinful choices as children. We were worried about the fingerprints on our tips of our fingers. We were worried about our toes and the sky and the, and the dog in, in the living room. We want to know why they were ladybugs, why they were fireflies. And now these, these big companies, like these insurance companies especially, they try to entertain us and appeal to the child within us with talking lizards and emus. I mean, think of it. Why do you, why do you think, this is what I'm trying to get you to do, is think of the who, what, when, where, why, and how. Why do they use lizards? Why do they use animated characters and cartoon characters to sell us insurance? Goofy Clowns named Flo. I'm not being derogatory. Flo, for progressive insurance, is a clown. She dresses in a uniform that depicts the colors of that company, which is blue and white. And she wears lots of makeup, lots of lipstick. She looks like a clown. She's got a wig on. Her hair's done up to look real stiff and round. And her eyes are all done up and her lips are all done up. And she's she looks, she's basically the progressive clown. But why? Why do they use clowns and humor? To try to appeal to us. What are they trying to appeal to? Now, think about it now. I'm just going to pick on the insurance companies. Now, I worked for Progressive Insurance for six weeks, about 14 years ago. And I got hired as a on, on the, uh, a call center a call center um, sales rep. I was going to sell car insurance to people over the phone. And I had to get licensed to do this. And they sat us in on a a windowless room, like I, if you ever listen to my PT Pop channel on YouTube, I talk about call centers, and this is what call centers do. They they sit you in a windowless room for training. 
where the climate is either too cold or too hot. And then they talk about a boring subject and everybody is dying to get out of that room. Anyway, so I sat in progressive insurance training room for six weeks while some sweet young thing pranced around the front of the room in skin tight pants with four inch stiletto clogs on and a halter top. <laughs> and she drank smart water and just read to us out of a three ring binder about Ooh. insurance. And she was going to train us how to pass the, ins the state insurance, the national insurance licensing test. And I can tell you this, there is nothing more boring on the planet than insurance. It is so dry. It is so boring. It's worse than watching paint dry. It's worse than watching the grass grow. I mean, it's it's so dry. It's so mind-numbingly boring. I couldn't even focus on what she was saying. I, 15 minutes into every single class, training class, I start to fall asleep. And I'm not one to fall asleep in class. I'm really not. I'm, I'm always usually very focused in class. In college, I was. And high school and all that happy horse crap. But insurance is such a boring, boring topic. The insurance companies have to do something to grab your attention. Number one, most people don't understand insurance. Number two, there are so many insurance companies now. They're constantly fighting for competition. They're fighting over your attention. And so what have they done? They, they've gone to your child like your child, your, your child, Nate, the, the, the child buried within, within you. I mean, think about it. I mean, Geico has a lizard, a lizard, okay, a talking gecko lizard that has a British accent. You know, oh, good day, chaps. I'm here to talk to you about insurance. Charlie, good. If you want to entertain Americans, you just talk in a British accent. Men or women, you give you give a male or a female person, put them on TV, give them a British accent, and we will drool over that person. We'll kiss their boots. We'll lick their butts. We just love the British accent. Hello, mate. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm going to sell you insurance, my cute little lizard. Aflac, the Aflac duck. You got Flo the clown. You've got um, the general. You've got um, an emu. You got the Liberty Mutual Emu, which is a digitally generated emu in, in some of the some of the cases, or it's 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 a puppet of some sort. They may very well have a live emu in some of the shots. I don't know. I'm not an expert on Liberty Mutual. Liberty Bibbity. What else? They they've got the Taco Bell Chihuahua. I'm changing. I'm changing industries. Geico's camel. Hump day. Geico's gecko lizard. Coca-Cola's polar bears. Target's Bull Terrier. Oh, it's such a cute Bull Terrier. With that little red circle around his eye. Oh, it's so cute. The Energizer Bunny. Liberty Mutual's Limo Emu. The Aflac Duck. And, and why do you think that they try to sell us a product with cartoon characters, guys? Why? Animals, animated figures, clowns, bright colors, humor. Basic elementary humor. Just real silly humor. Just like sitcom type of humor. Why? Why do you think? They're trying to appeal to the child in all of us. The child that we abandoned at age five, that and they sort of beat out of us from age five, and then sixth and seven in elementary school and junior high school and high school and college, and then you get the corporate world and they just rape you. Are you crazy? Are you crazy? Are you crazy? You're not allowed to be a child in the corporate world. You have to be serious. Put on that suit and tie. Wipe the smell off your face. 
You're here to make money for the man at the top who's got the mistress and the yacht and the jet airliner. They want to appeal to the child within us. There is nothing more boring in this world than insurance. There's nothing more boring in this world than trying to sell someone food. I love food. I love eating it, but I, I don't want to see commercials about it all day long. All night long, I watch. I'm up all night long. There's pizza commercials and taco commercials and seafood commercials and... Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Donut commercials. Like, oh my God. They have to sell such a dry, boring product with childlike figures to make it interesting. But they also do it to appeal to the childlike nature. It's a form of manipulation. If they can get you to laugh, they can appeal to that child within you. They've got you hooked. You can remember the cute little British talking lizard who will get you 15 minutes, uh, get you off in 15 minutes or happy endings in 15 minutes or what does he say? 15 minutes will save you 15%. Oh, joyous. If they can appeal to the child in you and they can dumb it down, they don't care if you know anything about insurance. They just want your attention. They want to appeal to that child in you that they took from you all those years ago. You, and then they bring in Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning for um, whoever it is. Progressive insurance is the Motar. I mean, it's it's all stuff to try to appeal to the child in you. They they don't just come up with this in a boardroom. Oh, that's a great idea. Let's try it. And they run down to a studio and try it. There's There's all kinds of psychological research on this. They look at the colors on it. They look at the words they choose. They look at the com. They have comedy writers. They have illustrators. They have animators. This this is a, a million dollar production. This one with the lizard. I'm sure that it's all digital animated. They got to come up with the script, and they've got to narrate it and coordinate it. This this is not something that they just do off the cuff. It's they're not spitballing here. Now to illustrate how important advertising is to these insurance companies. I found a couple of articles on here. Now, this is just an, this is an article from Statista.com. It said in 2019, study ranking insurance companies based on advertising spending, Geico, Progressive, and State Farm took the top three spots with 1.62 billion U.S. dollars in advertising spending. That's, that's like $1.62 billion. This is a serious stuff. They're putting a lot of time, money, and effort into these commercials. And then an article I found in the Wall Street Journal from 2007 titled, How a Gecko Shook Up Insurance Ads. It says, all told, Geico spent an estimated $403 million on advertising in 2005, and its ads budget rose another 20% in the first nine months of 2006. Coca-Cola, by contrast, spent $326.1 million on Coke advertising. So th this is 14 years ago. They were spending $403 million in advertising. I found an article here that also says that they spend approximately 6 to 7% per premium on advertising. So this is a serious, serious game with them. They they don't just sit down with a couple of beers in a boardroom somewhere and go, Hey, Bill, want to work on that Gecko commercial today? Sure, Charlie, let's go ahead and do that. What, what should we have the little British fella say today? Oh, 15 minutes and it gets you, uh, gets you to the moon. No, they have entire teams of 
graphic designers, comedians, writers, psychologists, actuaries, all kinds of people trying to figure out what to say, how to say it, when to say it, how quickly to say it, what to have the lizard do. They got a digital, you know, a whole team of people working on this. This is serious, serious stuff. But most of us adults don't really, we don't really care about insurance. We really don't. Most of us don't. We don't want to buy it. We think it's unnecessary. And then sometimes you get an accident and they don't even cover it anyway. So when you're watching commercials, I want you to do this. You don't have to do it for me. Do it for yourself. I want you to analyze those commercials and say, how do I feel as I'm watching this? Especially when you're watching the goofy lizard on the insurance commercials. Are they appealing to the child to me? Do I think that's cute? Does that make me feel weak and vulnerable like a child? Does it make you want to pick up the phone and find out more about Progressive or State Farm or Allstate? Subconsciously, that's what they want it to do. They, they, want, it to, they want it to stick in your memory. But, but I'm going to make this one short today. I want you to think, when you turn that TV set or turn that radio and you see the comical characters that they're pulling out of their butts to try to grab, grab your attention, instead of being mesmerized by the humor of the lizard or the emu or Peyton Manning, whoever it is, whoever it is they're trying to manipulate you with, I want you to start you asking yourself, how, how do I feel when I'm watching this? Do I feel like a kid? Am I sitting there going, this is so funny? Are you going, hmm, why are they using, why are they using a lizard to get my attention? Hmm, Snoopy was for MetLife. Again, they're appealing to the child in you. The gecko, Geico. The gecko, the gecko from Geico. Flo from Progressive. A clown. Jake from State Farm. I don't remember who he is. Stack of money from Geico, don't know what that is. Mayhem from, oh, Mayhem, that guy. And that's kind of funny. That Mayhem appeals to probably men, more men than anything. It appeals to those who like the Three Stooges and uh, the Marx Brothers and stuff like that. It's kind of Three Stooges. He gets hurt a lot. The duck from Aflac. So then again, I want you to start analyzing your environment to help leading you out of the rabbit hole. And with that, I will, I will bid you all adieu. This is P.T. Pop. On a mind revolution leading out of the rabbit hole, one green of truth at a time. Check out my documentary, The Artist, a documentary. I'll leave a link to it in the description. Check it out. It's a great movie. It's it's an hour and 27 minutes. You can rent or buy it on my website or at vimeo.com. And I'll link, leave links to both. Take care. Bye. Listening to PT Pop, a mind revolution, leading you out of the rabbit hole, one grain of truth at a time.